Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, with your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Now let's join the conversation. And very happy to be back with you folks for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable with John, Roger, Neil, and myself. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Always good talking. Always good talking to you. Uh, This week, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, the vaccine for COVID and all of the different questions that are involved regarding the different vaccines that are coming out regarding COVID. There's a lot of information to discuss in this. And by the way, guys, I just this is a little bit of a diversion, but I just have to get your take real quick on something that's kind of COVID related, of course, uh, but it has to do with Ma Santa's and how different the world is right now. First, you had that that stupid mall Santa in Illinois who made the little four-year-old boy cry because he said, no, Santa doesn't give out guns, okay? He asked for a Nerf gun. Poor little boy right. cried. Good for the mall. They fired the Santa, and then they sent another Santa to the kid's house with a big Nerf gun to give him. So you know, I And Hasbro that. jumped in like true capitalism and actually made bank. Yeah, exactly. And so good for Follow them. the money. That's right. But the Wall Street Journal did a story on on mall Santas across the country. And what we're seeing is uh, you have a whole bunch of these. First of all, Santas are wearing masks. The kids have to wear masks. There's no sitting on Santa's lap. You have to either be separated by six feet from Santa while you're both still wearing masks or they've got Santas behind plexiglass. They have Santas that are communicating with the kids via intercom. And they're even doing Zoom Santas where the kids sit there and look at a computer screen with a Zoom Santa. Uh, and they're all wearing masks. And I just, I mean, there's part of me, guys, that thinks, okay, I laugh, I snicker, this is so stupid. But then there's this other part of me that's like, wait a minute, what, what kind of emotional scarring might this potentially leave on some little children that they need that sense of normalcy. They need that sense of stability. And now what we're doing is taking all of the fear and panic and anxiety that adults have been heaping on themselves and we're dumping it on the the kids now. And I'm just wondering what memories these kids are going to have of, I had to wear a mask and Santa had to wear a mask behind plexiglass as we couldn't get close to each other because they're so afraid. I I don't know, guys. I, I just it's it's making my eye twitch. But I just want to throw that out on the table before we get to the uh, the vaccines themselves. If anybody has any thoughts about Santa Claus, COVID, and 2020, <laughs> I, I, I talked a little bit about it yesterday on the show, Bob. And I just think it's absolutely ridiculous what we're doing along those lines. Not that you know, not that we want to portray Santa, especially as Christians, as some you know right. almighty, all knowing being. But to your point, I mean, kids are little; they figure out Santa's not real after a very short amount of time, anyway. So let them enjoy their fun, you know, while they can. That's how I look at Santa Claus, and I know a lot of Christians would disagree with me on that, but that's how that's how I did it. That's how we did it. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it, you know, down the road, some of these kids are going to look back and think, you know, what in the world was going on at that time? Right. Oh, I know. And the other question is, is this, is this, is this the new norm from this point on? Or, or are we going to have to have, I know we're going to get into this, but is every Santa going to have to have a vaccine or they can't be Santa? What? <laughs> it's crazy. You it's know, crazy. You know that's coming. Well, actually, that's going to be part of our vaccine discussion here uh, as well as how widespread is this going to be and how forced is it going to be and, and whatever. So. You, you, 
you're going to see malls advertising. You know, come see us. We have a fully vaccinated staff of Santa Claus that's working this year. <laughs> right. you know, it's going to be a selling point. COVID-friendly Santas is who we're going to – well, even when COVID is long gone. That's my concern is that this is going to be the new normal now that suddenly – uh, everybody's going to be wearing masks, and we're going to have to pick and choose. That we're going to look for the isolated businesses that happen to not be politically correct, and say, "Hey, you don't have to wear a mask in here. You don't have to show your immunization card. You don't have to show me your papers to come inside our store." Uh, we'll look for those, and then we'll have to figure out what Democrat governors will even allow stores to do stuff like that going forward in perpetuity. So I, I just. I don't know. The, it's, it's it's really it's sad, but anyway, yep. it is what it is. I'm trying to imagine Jesus having the little children coming up to him, and then Jesus saying, "Well, no, stay six feet away," and uh, having a mask on, and uh, and uh, not only a mask, a double mask like Joe Biden does, the double mask and the big plexiglass uh, welder's mask over top of the front of him as they keep the distance. So, all right. Is what it is. Uh, The vaccine. So we got Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca. Uh, These vaccines are just now uh, coming out over in the UK. They've started to stick some people with them already. Pretty soon over the next few weeks, we're going to start seeing them available here in the United States. Let's just go around the table. I'm curious. I don't know that there's a right answer or a wrong answer. So I I don't think we should do any uh, pro versus con vaccine shaming. But I'm going to lay it on the line. I'm not getting the vaccine, period. Even if I didn't have COVID already, which I did, and I got over, and it's done, and I have the antibodies, how long will they last? We don't know. Maybe for life. Maybe for a few months, don't know. Bottom line, I'm not getting the vaccine. Even if my antibodies run out, forget it. Uh, And I suspect I'll probably have to be a hermit and either live in Neil's basement or just go be Amish somewhere because I don't know what I'm going to be able to buy. (laughs) Come on over. we got plenty of room, Bob. (laughs) But uh, So for me, it's no. But let's go around the table a little bit. I'm just kind of curious what everybody's going to do. John, you going to get the vaccine? What about you, your family, all that? You know, for me personally, and we talked a little bit about this with Roger before we uh, started the podcast today, and guys, I have to admit, in my world, it's really going to come down to what is required for me to do, you know, business and things along those lines. I mean, at the beginning, on the onset, no. I mean, my first response would be, no, I don't want the vaccine. I don't need the vaccine. I don't want to have the vaccine. And I know that's what we're going to talk about through the podcast today, but if it gets to the point with me to where... You know, business-wise, you know, entertaining and ball games and things like that. I mean, I am not going to go get a negative test every single time I want to go enter something to go entertain a, a client or do something along those lines. So in that particular realm, I don't know, guys. That's what we're going to talk about. Will I be forced, you know, business-wise to actually have to get one to travel and do the things that you need to do that way? You know, will I have to have a vaccine? And if it comes to that, uh, you know, that's a decision that I'll just have to make personally. Our, our, you know, as a family, all of us, our first inclination is no, we don't want this. But if we're forced to because of the things I just mentioned, we may not have any options. You know what, John? Uh, let me let me respond to, to what you're saying here because you bring up a really interesting point. And then I'm, I'm really curious to find out Roger and, and Neil's take on, A, if they're going to get the vaccine. But then, B, uh, how somebody in your situation should respond to something like this because I – John, I've got to imagine that there there might be some people 
who are saying, oh, you're compromising on principle by getting the vaccine anyway just for business purposes and expediency and whatever. Uh, I don't know if some people are going to look at it that way, but I would push back against that. And quite frankly, as passionately anti-vaccine as I am, if I were in your shoes, I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd get the vaccine. I would get the vaccine because I recognize that as a business owner, you have to do commerce. You have to have contracts with people. And if these are the things that are required for you to do your business, this isn't a con- it's not like you're being uh, you're making a compromised decision to say, OK, let me entertain some clients at a strip club right. uh, or, or, right. or let me exactly. take, you know, you're it's in other words, it's not a sin or a violation of scripture to go ahead and take the vaccine and conform to what society is demanding, even though it's a false demand. If society demands something that is sinful or contrary to God's word, then that's one thing we don't compromise. But if it's something that's, that's not, not con- right, if it's not contrary to God's word, it's just right. something that you, your eye twitches because it, it's a, it's a part of political correctness, and you have to play the political correctness game to be able to engage in commerce. I see nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I see that as no compromise in principle at all. But I'm I'm thinking you might get some Christians who are viewing it oh, that I way. Agree. John, I would say they're wrong. Yeah. I, and by the way, I, I would agree with you on that, Bob. And again, my first inclination is just you know on on the principle end of it, and the fact that I just don't think as a human being. I really need it. I'm healthy. My immune system's great. I'm not worried about catching it. And in fact, I mean, I've never got, I've not gotten a antibody test here in several months. I mean, the reality is I have no idea if I've even, ha- I mean, some of us can have it and not even know you've had it. So do right. have I even, you know, the amount of travel and things that I've done, have I gotten it up to this point? I'm the foggiest idea, guys. I really, I really don't know whether I have or hadn't. Uh, but th- to your point, Bob, if it comes to, for example, in the past as a business, we've you know entertained clients at some of the ball games and different things here in town that we have, you Pepsi Center and so on. I guess it's now called uh, uh, Ball Center, but at any rate, uh, that you know the, some of those centers right now are talking about how are they going to handle some of this stuff moving forward. And one of those things is they're they're talking about an either or where either you have a vaccine and you can show that you've had one, or you show a negative test within so many hours or days of entering into that particular arena. And I guys, I just don't have the time, the, the wherewithal or, or the patience to go get a negative test every time you want to go do something along those lines. So yeah, in that case, I'll, I'll get the I'll get the vaccine. I want to have a choice. All right, let's do this. So we got to take a short break. And then uh, I want to talk to Roger Marsh and Neil Boron as well, find out are they planning on getting the vaccine? And uh, also, what do they think about uh, John or maybe Christians that that need to, for a practical sense, get it just to uh, be able to do and function in their careers? Uh, we'll continue this National Crawford Roundtable next. Be transformed by the Word of God with Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. Every weekday, Alistair Begg teaches the Bible through in-depth, verse-by-verse attention to the Word of God. You can listen to Truth for Life on your local Crawford Broadcasting Station or listen online at truthfullife.org. Please support this important ministry with your donations at the truthfullife.org website or by calling 888-588-7884 
And be sure to let them know you heard about Truth For Life from the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Continuing the National Crawford Roundtable with myself, Bob Duco, out of Detroit, uh, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, Neil Boron of Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, Roger, let's throw it over to you. The, talking about the vaccine, of course, uh, I don't plan on getting the vaccine, but I'm not in the position that John is, okay? I don't have to get the vaccine to do my job uh, regarding clients and such, although we're going to get into this deeper later into this podcast, how much might that change as far as engaging in just basic commerce? But as a general principle, uh, do you see yourself getting the vaccine or not? Uh, do I see myself? No. I, I'm not a flu shot guy. I'm not, I have had one pneumonia shot, and that was after I had open heart surgery. And they said, you know, if you get pneumonia in your compromised state, the, your health will be in bad shape and you may not survive. So I went ahead and got it because I wanted to get out of the hospital. Sure. But I, I, by and large, I've, I've only had two flu shots in my life, and both times I had the worst flu I've ever had. So, I mean, I just, I literally trust God, take over-the-counter medication, and, and drink lots of liquids. I mean, now I realize COVID is a different animal in the one sense that we don't know what's going on. But it's interesting to John's point. Um, I I don't want to come across as an anti-vaxxer or something like that. I'm saying for me personally, this is what I would do. But I have a a dear friend who's a a leader in a a rather large media ministry who up until before the COVID bans and everything, you know, the shutdowns, was traveling a lot internationally. And so I kind of looked to him as like, well, how do you handle it when you go to, you know, third world countries or, you know, Europe or whatever? And he was always, uh, wash my hands, don't touch my face, keep my distance, I'm usually okay. But I asked him about it just the other day. I said, you know, if, if this comes down to mandatory, when you get back to where you can travel again, would you take it? He goes, well, yeah, I, I would do it because, you know, I travel to different countries where as Christians, you know, you kind of have to, there are certain things you have to do to kind of, you know, get along to go along, go along to get along. He goes, now, if I found out there was something sinister in the vaccine and that we could talk about the conspiracy side of this later, right. um, I would, you know, I, I don't want to get into Mark of the Beast stuff, but if, if it's something you need to do to, you know, be able to go and do the ministry that God's called us to do, I don't see that much of a problem with it. And I thought, well, that gave me a newer appreciation. I mean, I've, I've listened closely to what John said about his business, and, and I don't have that kind of business interaction, you know, that John does. So that I'm not taking clients out to, you know, athletic events and things like that. So I, you know, with regard to having the card and everything, me personally, I'm a no. Bob, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think it, I, I'm not a big vaccine guy. I, I want to know what's in it before we, uh, you know, put this stuff into it. And we've gotten to a point in the culture, which is kind of unnerving to me. Um, I don't know if you've seen the stories about uh, Letitia Wright, who's the actress, who was, she was one of the stars of Black Panther. She posted a video that was just asking two questions about the vaccine. Is it safe? And is it effective? And Twitter just came after her with both barrels loaded. I mean, what are you doing? There's a pandemic. People are going to die because you're putting this out there. And don't we all ask a question like that? I mean, about these vaccines. I mean, is it safe and is it effective? But the fact that even that's being brought into question, I I think we have to tread carefully in terms of how we broach the subject. But for me personally, I'm I'm still a no. Uh, As for me and my house, we're not going to get stuck. I mean, and if it comes down to it, even the World Health Organization is saying they don't think it should be mandatory. So, I mean, this is kind of an American problem right now, the way right. I see it. And, and Neil, what do you think? Uh, do you plan on getting the vaccine? And then what do you think about John completely selling out his principles for the almighty dollar? <laughs> <laughs> Poor John. Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the well, bus. I hereby declare that I'm no longer a friend of John Rush. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, I totally respect what he's saying and what he's 
thinking about it. And he's in a very different situation from me. I don't own, like Roger you know, said, I don't own my own business or anything. So that's not something that's really on my mind. I'm just, I, we live in an ever-changing world. And I mean, right off the bat, I would say, no, I'm not planning on getting the vaccine, but I'm not planning on getting tested either. I guess at some point, if somebody said, hey, you know, um, uh, to be able to cross into Canada, which our radio station covers both the U.S. and southern Ontario, Toronto area. So we're in Canada all the time. If somebody says for you to ever go back to Canada, it'll be mandatory for you to get a vaccine. I'm going to look at it entirely differently at that point and then say, well, maybe I need to get this thing. But, you know, Roger raised a really good point, And I'm sure we'll talk about this in more detail later. We live in a fluid and ever-changing world. Uh, and like, I, I, you know, I remember early on they were saying, make sure you wash your hands, of course, wear a mask. And by the way, be very careful because this stuff can live on surfaces for like 24 or 48 hours or whatever. You can get it off surfaces. Then it's like, no, you can't really get it off surfaces. Then later it was like, well, we reconsidered, did more studies. Now we think you can, but it's back and forth, back and forth. Masks right. work. They don't work. You have to wear them. You shouldn't wear them, whatever. Uh, all of that said, if at some point uh, something else gets attached to this, like, you know, we're thinking about your patient portal at your doctor's office being attached to the reality that you've had a vaccine as being proof that you're able to work at all or even do any kind of business whatsoever or buy groceries or something, then all of a sudden it starts to take on different, you know, characteristics where you're looking at like, wait a minute, is this, is there something biblical going on here that we need to be looking at? But I'm not a huge vaccination person myself. I, I, I probably won't get a vaccine unless at some point somebody says I'm forced to. And at that point, I'll take a look at it. Yeah. Uh, what about the, the safety of this? A news story out uh, this week that uh, there's been a couple of negative allergic reactions to people over in the UK that have gotten the Pfizer uh, vaccine. And the thing is, with vaccines, some people do have negative reactions. With any kind of vaccine, you're going to have some people that have negative reactions. And I I guess I'm kind of curious how this is going to be played in the media. Are they going to throw cold water on the idea of a vaccine to basically hyper-report the negative reactions? Or are they going to go to the other extreme, sweep the negative reactions under the rug because we don't want anybody, uh, you know, dissing the vaccines and we don't want to reduce the chances of everybody getting them? I'm actually kind of curious because now that Trump is kind of on his way out and they've got Biden – uh, I think if Trump had won the election, won, well, he did win the election, but if he officially won the election, then uh, I have a feeling that the media would be hyping any kind of problems with the vaccine to keep it from looking like we should trust, quote unquote, Trump's vaccine. But I don't know what they're going to do with this now. I'm just kind of curious. And what are your thoughts on the potential safety question of this? Uh, Roger Marsh, what, what, I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, safety is a big issue, obviously, and one of the things that we've had going here in the People's Republic of California for many, many years is Big Pharma has been trying to inoculate children. I mean, literally, when my grandson was born three and a half years ago, uh, my my daughter and son-in-law had to sign a waiver saying they did not want the first round of inoculations that were supposed to happen hours after his birth. So we've got issues with school kids who've been wanting to, you know, there was a, used to be a religious exemption. You know, there are certain uh, faith traditions that don't want that happening. Those have all been taken away. There were personal exemptions that used to go in for for families where you might have three kids in the family. The oldest child got the vaccine for whatever it was and had an allergic reaction to it. And the parents say, look, we don't want our other kids to have it because they might have the same reaction. And the state has been systematically taking away all of those options. So in terms of the safety, it's on the one hand, you've got people saying, I want to make sure it's safe. I want to make sure it's effective. And on the other hand, there's the government saying, trust us, we're the government. It's safe. 
but you don't get a chance to find out whether it's safe or not. It's like, you know, what, what was it? We have to we have to take the vaccine to make sure we could find out afterwards if it's safe or not. I mean, to paraphrase Nancy Pelosi, um, I, I the safety issue is a huge one for me because I don't want to see anybody wind up with a cure that's worse than the disease, you know, in all honesty. Right. No, it's a very good point. John, what uh, what's your take on that? And any how real should we look at the quote unquote safety issue on this? Oh, I think, you know, as with anything, when you're injecting something into somebody's body, I mean, we're human beings. Every person may react differently to that. I mean, I know they're doing the testing and the trials, and they've pushed this thing through really quickly, which, you know, is that right, wrong, or otherwise? It just is what it is, guys. And and I think uh, two things. Will the news media report some of the negative aspects of people that actually get the vaccine? That's a great question, Bob, and something I really, until you just mentioned it, hadn't really thought much about. My gut feeling is... Um, isolated. I think they will give us isolated uh, news on those particular situations. I don't think it'll be that widespread because I, I fully believe that the news media wants everyone to have a vaccine. They think this thing is the cure all. We know there's no such thing. And the other thing that, you know, I would love to get you guys' take on too as we go through today's podcast is something no one's really talking about in the news media. Maybe we're some of the only ones doing it. But COVID's not going anywhere, guys. COVID is now going to be on us as a society, as a human, you know, as, as human beings. We're going to have COVID with us now forever. And I'll tell you what, Roger, how long do you, what do you think about what John is saying? I know we got to take a break here, but uh, do you see COVID kind of being the, I hate this term, new normal in our lives? Yeah, well, I, I've got a, a, a solution to that, an answer to that, and why don't we do that on the other side of this break? The big reveal as this edition of the National Crawford Roundtable uh, continues in just a moment. Learn how to walk the narrow path with Steve Gregg. With over 40 years of studying the Bible, Steve Gregg is passionate about teaching you how to apply scriptural wisdom to every aspect of your life. Listen to The Narrow Path on your local Crawford broadcasting station or online at thenarrowpath.com. The Narrow Path is 100% listener supported. Please keep this vital ministry going with your generous financial support and let them know you heard about The Narrow Path on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Welcome back to the National Crawford Roundtable along with Bob Duco, John Rush, and Neil Boron. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking all things COVID and COVID vaccines specifically today. Uh, uh, to John's point earlier, Bob, I, I agree. I think that, you know, it, COVID-19 means there are 18 other COVIDs before it. I mean, it, it's going to be a flu strain type of situation where you don't get rid of the flu. You just try to manage the symptoms and, you know, make sure that you survive it. And unfortunately, even in spite of flu shots, uh, hundreds of thousands of, well, tens of thousands of people wind up losing their lives because of either the flu or what the flu does to their system. So if COVID is going to be the new normal, uh, my question is, once we get a vaccine that everybody can agree on, and I'd love to dig deeper in the podcast about the different treatments and, you know, why Big Pharma gets a shot at this when we have a couple of alternatives that are already approved and we just haven't used them for this yet. Um, Is life going to go back to normal when the people who are saying, as long as there's a COVID shot, then I'm okay and we can get on with our lives? I mean, we don't treat flu patients the same way, and yet flu can be as deadly, if not more deadly, right now that we know of. And we have flu shots and vaccinations available. So um, I I think COVID, I I agree. I believe COVID's here to stay. It's going to fall into endemic uh, category here. And once we learn how to manage it better, we're not going to see all the death and destruction. This is just kind of Rahm Emanuel on steroids right now. I think that this is something that came out of nowhere the scientific community was uh, confused by it they didn't know how to manage it but then you know the powers that be get in there and say hey let's not let this crisis go to waste um just 
wow, this is the way. They're, they're not wasting anything know. for crying out loud with this. I mean, I don't want to sound conspiracy theorist, but I mean, for God's sake, I mean, it just seems like there's a huge government overreach here trying to manage something. We've got all the bazookas out ready to try to kill a fly. What do you think, Neil? Neil Boron, is this thing, uh, are, are we talking about COVID five years from now on this podcast? Lord, I hope not. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> hope not. I'm getting so, I'm not, I think we need to be talking about today, just so you understand, but like, is it ever going to go away? And, and right. uh, let me comment on what you guys are saying here. You know, even 9-11, which was unbelievable, you know, attack on the U.S., the whole thing, I think really pretty much in about three months or so. I mean, you always saw the, the backstory, like that some of the first responders were getting sick because of inhalation you know, problems and stuff like that, um, because they were the ones rushing into the buildings. I mean, you still saw those kind of stories, but it wasn't dominating. It wasn't leading the news every single day. I, I can't even believe that 10 months later, Every single news station is leading their stories with COVID, and then there's four or five backup stories. You know, it's what the Senate is talking about doing regarding COVID. It's what the CDC just said. It's And so uh, <clears throat> it's dominating the thoughts of the American people, and I think instilling fear in so many. I, I know a young guy who was in a building with somebody who was diagnosed with coronavirus, who ended up in the hospital, and he wasn't even in the same room with him. He was in the same building as him. So he decided he'd better stay home from work, and he he's literally, I mean, he's a good kid, hes but he's kind of terrified. Like, I think I'm going to get this disease. Uh-oh, I think I'm losing my taste. Maybe, I don't know. No, my taste is fine. Maybe I just lost my smell. Like, I think it's almost psychosomatic. My point being that the um, <clears throat> the American people have been deeply impacted by the way the media has handled this thing. And, and I think in some cases, sure, people have died from coronavirus. It's a real disease. It really exists. But I also think that people are unnecessarily terrified about stuff because the kid I'm talking about, honestly, realistically, statistically, probably has a greater chance of getting hit by a bus or, or lightning than dying of coronavirus. Right. So, but, you know, are we going to have to live with this kind of thing for a long time? I think so. And I don't, I don't know what's to be gained by that. Um, I thought originally that it was just really about getting Trump out and getting Biden in, but this thing obviously didn't disappear the day after the election. So whatever the agenda is, I'm not sure, but apparently the media is intent on continuing to talk about it every single moment of every single day. And just in reality, it is a virus, and in that sense, it is here to stay. The question is, how much are we going to focus on it, or are we going to go on and start living our lives at some point? I know. And, you know, I mean, the CDC itself says – for kids under the age of 20, under the age of 20, your chance of dying from coronavirus are 0.003, 0.003, and that's under the age of 20. And that yeah. is saying that all 300,000 claimed coronavirus deaths are actually really coronavirus, and that's not inflated. We know that's an inflated number. Right. So yeah. you reduce that number, the 0.003 gets even smaller, too. So it, it, it's really – Incredible. Uh, I know we're, we're coming up on the, the half here in just a little bit, and I kind of want to tease everybody with what's coming up in the second half of this podcast because we do want to address the issue that, that many Christians, I think, rightfully want to know the answer to. Do we have pro-life concerns about these vaccines? Are there fetal cells in them or not? How do we, how do we approach and look at that issue? And then also, we want to dive into the discussion of what's happening in the future regarding immunizations. Are we going to be forced to have immunizations? Will we have immunization cards that we have to carry around with us and you won't be able to get into stores unless you have your card, like getting into Costco with your card? So we'll get into that as well in the uh, in the second half of this 
podcast. In the meantime, I want to encourage everybody to uh, you know, you can listen to past episodes of this podcast as well by going to Crawford.live. You can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, to TuneIn and more. We always appreciate you folks rating the show. Those of you that give us nice big five-star ratings, we really, really appreciate you. Uh, those of you that give us one-star ratings, well, you know, you need to be in prayer because you're not hearing from God. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we always appreciate uh, your feedback on this, folks. And we're going to continue the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable with John, Roger, Neil, and myself coming up next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable with John Rush of Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Q. Boron from Neil Boron Live from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> exactly. Uh, comrade Roger Marsh from the west coast of this country up and down California, the bottom line. Myself, Bob Duco of the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We're talking about the latest regarding the vaccine with COVID. And so uh, let's address the aborted fetal uh, tissue part of this. I don't know how much research uh, you guys may have done on this. I know w- what I've seen so far is that the Lozier Institute, which is the research arm for the Susan B. Anthony List pro-life organization, Lozier Institute says we're good with Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines. We're not good with AstraZeneca's. Uh, we say that AstraZeneca. Uh, is still using active fetal cells that could be, and fetal DNA could be in the AstraZeneca uh, vaccines. But they say Pfizer and Moderna, we don't have to worry about that because the aborted baby from the 60s and 70s that was used, yes, those ste- those fetal cells were used for the purpose of creating the structure and the mechanism of the vaccine creating that these companies have used. However, there's been so many copies of copies of copies that there is none of the original fetal material or even DNA left. And so therefore, the argument is that the vaccines they're putting out now are clean. And it does appear that they do not have any fetal tissue in them. If that's the case, I'm comfortable with that. But I recognize that there are some pro-lifers that say, no, if fetal tissues were even used to create the structure that they use to create these, then that taints the whole thing and anything that's created from them. To me, that's a little bit too purist of a view, but I could be wrong about that. And so let's kind of throw that around the table here. Uh, and anybody that just wants to chime in that's, that's looked into the fetal tissue issue as well, I would love to hear what, what your take is on this. Oh, okay. I'll just jump in on it. We have a problem go ahead neil go ahead no go ahead neil that's fine all right i'll just jump in on it real quick i i don't have a lot to say about it because i haven't done the extensive research you have bob but i think this kind of came up when um president trump was treated for coronavirus with that drug was it regeneron or something or Mm -hmm. a regeneron is what he used yeah yeah and uh that same question came up and there was articles flying around the internet that aborted fetal tissue had been used in the production of it anyway all that was debunked uh, you did a masterful job on that podcast, helping everyone to understand, as you just did here, um, you know, what the real history of all of this is. But it still comes back to that thing. Um, I mean, for instance, you just mentioned that the first two, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, apparently have been cleared, and I saw the same kind of thing. I actually saw one report that said AstraZeneca was clear, too, in terms of the pro-life situation. But um, 
whether or not that's true and I, I'm not entirely sure. I do know for sure that uh, Life News and I forget who else um, definitely said that uh, Moderna and Pfizer were cleared on that issue. But here's the thing. We have a choice. So, like, if somebody says, well, yeah, I'm willing to, to get a, a vaccine or I need the vaccine, then then choose the one that you feel more comfortable with. Um, but I, but I, sometimes I don't understand why we split hairs on this kind of stuff. Right. I'm 100% pro-life. But bottom line is we do have a choice. We have a choice not to take the vaccine right now. It hasn't been mandated. If it ever is mandated, then God willing, we'll have a choice to pick the one that we feel is consistent with our pro-life views. But on the other hand, and I brought this up last time, do we really know like what companies we support that are major donors to Planned Parenthood and stuff? Because if you're really going to go down that road, right. and I'm, I, wouldn't stand in, I wouldn't stand in judgment of somebody who feels that this is an issue for them, but see the bigger picture as well. Because if you're eating at certain restaurants or using certain credit cards, you're funding Planned Parenthood, whether you like it or not. Right. So on the one, you know, on the one hand, you feel like you're you're doing everything you can to please God and to stand for innocent human life. On the other hand, you're helping to destroy it. And I just think that inconsistency is not what we were created for in Christ. By the way, not that we have to live like the Amish people and try to find ways to creatively break rules so it looks like we're keeping the rules. I'm just saying I, I think that we were created for something more than that. And, again, I don't stand in judgment of anybody who would have a conviction about taking something that they clearly thought was using uh, aborted fetal tissue. But I think in some cases Christians make too big a deal out of that stuff, not recognizing that we're guilty in other areas. And I just hope that we can keep focused on the main thing, which is, making disciples and winning the world for Christ, because ultimately that's what's going to matter, not what happens in this world, but why we need to be prepared for the next. That's very well said. John, John. Yeah, Ruff, you know, Neil Rook, I just want to, I want to jump in there. You know, the same, and again, not, not trying to be critical, like you said, Neil, and I agree with what you said along those lines. It's a personal decision, but it's funny that some of the same people that would, you know, criticize even somebody like myself for even getting a vaccine would be the same Christian that'll go to a restaurant and leave a measly five percent tip at best. And so, <laughs> yeah, I you hate know, that. It's like, watch it's like, it. Come on, watch guys. It. I mean, you know, it's it comes back really, Neil, to what you just said a moment ago. It's like, wait a minute. You know, you're gonna have to be consistent across the board. And if we're really trying to be that example to the world. I, and, and again, this is something that goes into our bodies, and I get that, and I, and I can see where people will have you know, a lot of hardcore beliefs when it comes to vaccines and so on. And you know what? I look at this. I'm not an anti-vaxxer to each his own. I I'm, I'm said it earlier. I'll say it again. I'm not planning on it unless I absolutely have to for for you know business reasons that then I will because I just don't think that you know I, I don't think it's needed I don't think it's the cure-all either I'm just one of those guys that doesn't feel that way but when it comes to this particular topic will I not get one because I feel like there might be some aborted fetal tissue from some 40 years ago in it guys to me that's it's just a non-issue to me sorry it's just yeah. not a big deal Roger what do you say do we uh, how much of a purist do we have to be if there's any if there's six degrees of separation to an aborted fetus back then but it's not even part of what's in the vaccine now. Does that mean we're suddenly compromising our pro-life principles? You really have to be careful with that one. I echo what Neil and John have shared. Um, there's a group called Human Life International that came out with a list of saying, hey, you know what? These are the products that use aborted fetuses. And it, well, it's, it's kind of a, you know, six degrees of separation in terms of where right. they started and how they create a, you know, a flavoring for a coffee creamer. And it might have originally in the original recipe 20 years ago, you know, maybe they used human uh 
fetal tissue, you know, to, to get to that point, but they're not using it now because they created a synthetic version of it. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, if we, if we want to boycott everything that we think violates our rights and our, and our, and our values as Christians, we're never going to leave the house. But then again, we probably wouldn't be in the house because, I mean, we wouldn't want the way it was built, you know, or the city right. and the way it runs. So sure. I, I think in terms of splitting here is I, I appreciate what Neil said too. We, you know, we have one job here and that's to make disciples, you know, love God, love people, love your neighbor as yourself, but also love the body of Christ. I mean, everybody will know that we are the disciples of Jesus if we are loving the other disciples of Jesus the way we are called to do. And then go and make disciples. And the other stuff, I don't want to say it's just details, but we we kind of major in the minors sometimes in the body of Christ, especially Amen. in the Western right. world. And, right. and, and quite frankly, I mean, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not that we should rally against aborted fetal tissue but rather that i mean the bigger issue here so many people are so worried about a virus right now that's consuming all of the media and you're right i, I resonate with what bob said with regard to you know if president trump wins then of course everything's going to be discredited and they're going to spend the they're going to drag this thing out as far as they can i think the only reason we have the hiccup right now is because of all the challenges in court quite frankly if joe biden if you look at the infection rates they mysteriously started going up on november 3rd you know because uh, hey wait mm -hmm. we didn't get the clear-cut victory that we wanted so we've got to make this thing look as terrible as it possibly is that's the media's role and i'm grateful i say this every week i'm grateful that the four of us get a chance to get together and and try to be that oasis for people who are trying to say we're, we're reasoning here together as scripture commands us to do iron sharpening iron here to try to work through these issues but that that was a little uh, rabbit trail short answer is no i don't think we should be you know splitting hairs on this one we've got uh, a much bigger call to do than just to figure out whether or not uh, something like this has aborted fetal tissue in it or right. not. Uh, let's, uh, let's shift gears on this now, and, and let's talk about what's going to happen with the vaccine. Is it going to be forced? Is it going to be mandated? It, Joe Biden was asked by a reporter the other day, and he said, no, I don't think it should be mandatory. Uh, but I do believe that society is going to be compelled to take the vaccine. Uh, it just won't be a you have to take it or you're going to go to jail. It's basically you have to get it or else unless you're going to be Amish or grow all your food on a farm or live in a cave. So, but, but uh, Neil, let me toss it over to you. And I know we got to take a, a break here, Neil, but I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on on what it's going to be like regarding the vaccine and is it in fact going to end up being in essence uh, mandatory for us all right and we'll talk about that when we come back you're listening to the national crawford roundtable dr michael yusuf leads the way for people living in spiritual darkness to discover the light of jesus christ this tremendous outreach begins with the proclamation of god's word through the uncompromising biblical teaching of dr michael yusuf Leading the Way is here to equip and strengthen the church to stand strong and to advance the gospel in today's ever-changing world. Listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf at ltw.org slash listen, and be sure to mention you heard about their program on the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. This is the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. My name is Neil Boron. Bob Duco leading the charge out of Detroit, Michigan today. John Rush is in Denver, Colorado, and Roger Marsh in the People's Republic of California. I'm in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you're asking about what's going to happen with the you know, vaccine. Is it going to be mandated? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know that anybody officially knows. I think that there's leanings towards that, that down the road we're going to be headed in that direction. I think right now, obviously, it's who should get the vaccine first. And there's a lot of ethical dilemmas even in that question, like you know, who's going to be the first to be able to receive a potential life-saving vaccine. But um, 
we live in a world that you know is government controlled there's something um it government's carnivorous man it you know what i mean it just keeps growing and uh i think that uh the liberal elite you know politicians and others want as much control as they possibly can get and we live in a bubble wrap world too I mean, if you think about it Every playground has rubber chips on it. Kids are wrapped in bubble wrap before they're sent outside. You know, there's this notion that maybe somehow we can create a perfect world where no one ever gets hurt, no one ever gets injured. There's no risk whatsoever to anything we ever do. So with that in mind, I can see that the day is coming when the suggestion is going to be made and probably championed by many that this ought to be something that's mandatory. I hope we don't get to that day. I hope we see Jesus first, but I think it's coming. I just don't think it's going to happen right away because i no matter what i know that there's an awful lot of freedom loving americans even democrat or liberals uh you know americans who own small businesses and they've watched what's happened to their businesses during this whole thing and they're starting to push back going hey wait a second you know you can you can shop at target or walmart and have thousands of people inside there but i'm not allowed to have open or open air seating outside right. of my Good little point. restaurant right. here How, so and and at that point i think some people start jumping off the bandwagon going Oh, wait a minute. Where are you going with this whole thing? I love freedom. I may not be a conservative Republican. I didn't like Donald Trump, but I love freedom. And I'm jumping off right here because you're, you're starting to push on you know buttons that I'm not comfortable with you pushing. So I right. I don't think it's going to be widely received, but I do think it is headed in that direction. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm already preparing. My, my argument is going to be that I, uh, I identify as a vaccinated person. And, and so, <laughs> there you go. Thank it. you, Jesus. No, That's I mean, awesome. Guys, I, I have a different take on that. And I, you know, go back to some of what we talked about in the first half, which is uh, I believe what you'll see happening is I, I don't think because of, and not just Christians, by the way, there's a lot of folks out there, atheists included, that just are anti vaccine. They're anti this whole COVID shutdown nonsense. It's not just, this is not a Christian versus non Christian thing, guys. I mean, this really becomes more of a do I want big government or not big government? And mm-hmm. do I want somebody breathing down my neck or not breathing down my neck? Should I be able to operate the business that I own the way I want to? I mean, it's really more of that than it is anything else. So, what I, I don't think you're ever going, no, I shouldn't say ever, that's a strong word. I don't think immediately in the near future you're going to see any kind of a mandated you all have to have a vaccine. But I think in the you know, commerce, travel end of things, mm-hmm. they're going to make it to where, you know, you'll be able to do some of those things. And it'll be an either or either you show that you're negative for COVID and you've had a previous, you know, 24 hour, 48 hour negative COVID test to hop on this airplane or enter into the stadium or whatever the case may be. Or you've got to show proof of a vaccine. I can see it being either or. And that's how they'll get more vaccinations out. That's my thought. Roger, what do you think? Yep. I mean, you know, the, this. It, it's. It, I, I'm sorry, I was slightly distracted while John was talking. Not that I didn't want to hear what John had to say, but I just got an alert that YouTube has announced that they're going to be deleting content alleging presidential election fraud effective right now because <laughs> yesterday was a safe harbor day. And I thought we were talking about government overreach and government oversight and, you know, in our lives and everything like that. And it's Google. They're a free company. They do what they want to. But how much of what we're getting with regard to COVID, with regard to all these different intrusions in our lives, is being controlled by someone who wants to control what you think as opposed to mm-hmm. free press and free enterprise? Right. I mean, I'm just – I'm horrified, you know, that something like that would happen. I'm not suggesting that there's going to be enough election fraud to actually overturn the election. But can't we discuss it? I mean, I what, what's going to happen to our program? You know, what Google I mean, needs to lose her Section 230 – protection yeah they really do yeah 
I yes, agree. I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it, this is kind of a real-time thing for people who are listening to the podcast later in the week as of Wednesday at 8 o'clock Pacific. But the, the fact that everything that we've been discussing here, um, we get to discuss openly and freely. And there's going to come a point potentially when they say, okay, now that this is the mandate for vaccines or whatever it is, after this date, you can't challenge them anymore. You can't have that conversation anymore. I mean, what world are we living in? I mean, is it, is it still the United States of America? Is it still 2020? I mean, USSA. It, apparently, yeah, and, and, and yeah. it really is. And, and talking, you know, we, we were talking earlier about, you know, how we like to tease me about being part of the People's Republic of California. We've been calling this the left coast for a long time now. And I realized that uh, when you look at, you know, the, the map of the United States, of course, Washington, Oregon, California is the left side of the map. But the left leaning uh, tendencies here of our government officials are starting to find their way to Capitol Hill. And uh, we're, we're in for a really bumpy ride in 2021. Yeah, that we are. John, I want to throw something to you uh, about the the vaccination thing. I, I probably am a little bit more on the the conspiratorial Orwellian side of the of what I think is coming. And I could be overblowing this, but uh, here's what I pretty much anticipate happening to us in 2021. And I hope I'm proven wrong. First of all, I think that yes, a lot of like airlines and and places, cruise lines, and you know just about any sporting events, you're going to have to prove that you've been vaccinated or prove that you have uh, uh, that, that you that, that you are negative tested within the last 24 hours. And I think they might offer an option of or we'll let you in with a mask, but but I don't know about that. But the government part of this, here's what I anticipate that. First of all, Joe Biden is going to order all federal employees to get COVID te- or to to, uh, to get the vaccine, no matter what, or you lose your job. But I think it'll go beyond that. I think any private businesses that have contracts with the federal government will be required. So, John, if you have a contract with the federal government, you're told, hey, all of your employees have to be vaccinated and you have to prove it, or you lose your government contract, not just federally, but I see Democrat governors doing this as well, where right now, as Democrat governors are telling businesses, you better not allow people in your business without a mask or uh, not six feet or whatever, or we're going to find the daylights out of you, find you out of existence. I see them doing that with the vaccine, that you are not allowed to let someone into your business unless they can produce to you evidence and proof. And then somebody out there, whether it's state governments or whether the federal government, is going to consolidate all of that into one simple card that can be scanned. And you have to keep that in your wallet. And you pretty much have to flash that card if you're going to go anywhere. You want to go to Kroger, Walmart, Home Depot, get on a plane anywhere, flash your card, and that card has to be updated every so often to show that you have been vaccinated. Uh, And if you don't have that card or you can't prove it, then that's it. Businesses are going to basically say, I'm sorry, we can't let you in our store unless you have that card because the Democrat governor has threatened us with a $5,000 fine for every infraction. So I'm sorry, that's our policy. Oh, and by the way, you, John, as a private business owner, uh, oh, you have a state contract? Well, you know what? Uh, forget it then. You lose your contract unless you make all of your employees do this. I really believe that's what's coming up in not down the road. 
I think starting over the course of the next few months. And John, I do know we got to take a break. Yeah, let's but take a break. you as a business no, I, owner, I, I'd love to get no, your take. I want to chime in. Yeah, no, let's do that. We'll take a real quick break. You're listening to the National Crawford Roundtable. Dr. James Dobson left a successful career in academia to preserve and promote the biblical family in America. The radio broadcasting ministry of Dr. Dobson spans over four decades, earning him 17 honorary doctorate degrees and an induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Today, Dr. Dobson continues to champion marriage and parenthood through Family Talk. Listen every weekday at drjamesdobson.org and be sure to reference the National Crawford Roundtable podcast when asked how you listen to Family Talk. We're back, National Crawford Roundtable. Myself, Bob Duco, Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, myself, John Rush. And yeah, Bob, great question. And by the way, I, th- I think you're, you're spot on in, in what can happen. And, and by the way, just for everybody else listening, there already are certain things that we as businesses, if you want to do certain things with certain entities, be it local, be it state, be it federal, there's certain things that you're already required to do as a business in certain situations. You know, for example, we do some work out at our own airport here in Denver. So all of my guys, of course, that work at the airport have to have the complete full security background check, pass test, do all sorts of things. That's required by, of course, the, uh, you know, required by TSA and the airlines themselves. So, so the reality, guys, is there's a lot of those things already in play. Could they easily just add another layer that says, hey, if you're going to work at the airport, all of your guys have to be vaccinated. Or if you're going to do federal contract work, your, your people have to be vaccinated. Now, I don't think they can say every one of your people have to be vaccinated, but they could easily say if they show up on the job site and they can't prove they've been vaccinated, you know, you're going to have some steep fines or you're liable to lose your contract. And in other words, I don't think they could come in and just say your entire business has to be vaccinated, but they could easily say, if you've got workers or people that are showing up on our sites, they will in fact have to be vaccinated. Yeah, I could see them doing that very easily, Bob. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I can too. And uh, I would argue, and Neil Boron, I would argue that this is this is really going to usher in an entire new way of living in our country because for for people like myself and others who say, I don't want to get the vaccination, uh, we're going to be discriminated against. You're not going to be allowed to stay in a hotel. You're not going to be allowed to eat in a restaurant. You're not going to be allowed to fly on a plane. You're not going to be allowed to go to Kroger and buy a gallon of milk, okay, unless you conform and accept the vaccination from the government. And uh, to me, that's extremely Orwellian, and it opens up a window into all kinds of other government controls where we're not going to allow you to do anything and engage in commerce and, dare I say, buy and sell unless you – not to inject revelation into this, but is this the mark of the beast? No, I don't think so. But, Neil, it does seem like this is part of the structure and the mechanism that's kind of creating the the process of moving us further down this road. It is, and I have a strange take that I'm not sure is very, you know, popular. But I've talked about this kind of thing before on the podcast, and I think we've discussed similar things, uh, you know, on certain issues in the past. But um, is it Orwellian or is it biblical? I mean, I think it's kind of both. Like, um, yeah. here, the the point is, we know for sure one day Jesus is coming back. The Word of God talks about an Antichrist, the mark of the beast, you know, a world system, a one world government, whatever. And and there's all kinds of views, even on you know, eschatology, the end times. You got pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, pan-trib, <laughs> pre-wrath, millennial, and whatever. In fact, I, I just recently heard a, a joke by comedian Mark Lowry, a tremendous entertainer and stuff, but he said that he literally grew up in a church 
where um, you know they were they were listening to the pastor preach and he dropped dead of a heart attack. You know, I guess he had a stroke right during the service, died. So they brought in a new guy from seminary. Well, this was an independent Baptist church. They bring the guy in and. Um, the new guy starts talking about how Christians will have to go through the tribulation period. Well, that's not a popular Baptist teaching anyway. So his family became very uncomfortable with it, so they literally <laughs> crossed the street and went to the Baptist church across the street where they taught that the Christians will be you know, raptured, not going to have to go through any of this stuff. And he was making a joke about it, but he said, you know, he, the people in the poor church, you know, where this guy had come in as the new pastor didn't realize all they had to do to enjoy the rapture and all the benefits of getting rescued from going through this kind of difficulty and tribulation was just cross the street. You know, like, that's all you got to do. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go to the other church. And right, uh, yeah. but, but here's my point in this. I, I don't want to make light of it. The, the Word of God is clear that, that history is ultimately winding down to a conclusion. At which time, and I'm not going to get into all the details because I'm not sure I know all of them exactly how it's going to play out. I just know Jesus is coming back, and one day there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. There's going to be no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. And in order to get there, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in the meantime. So all I'm saying is that I don't think we ought to be surprised when we see stuff like this happening. In a way, there should be a place in our hearts where we go... Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. One of these days we're going to be seeing Jesus, and this is further evidence. Do I live in fear of all of this? Well, I don't, I'm not comfortable with the idea of you know mandatory lockdowns and mandates on travel and everything else, but I do think it's part and parcel with where we need to head for all of this to come to a conclusion. So Orwellian, yes, but biblical, definitely. Like I think in one sense, true believers should be rejoicing that this is evidence we're going to be seeing Jesus sooner rather than later. Yeah. Does that mean we get on board and support it all? No. Uh, it means we get really busy about making sure that all of our friends and loved ones have heard about Jesus or anyone else we have an opportunity to tell. Well, you know, it's a, such a great point. And actually, Roger Marsh, Pastor Roger, uh, kind of give us a perspective on this too because it, it is true. We, we We have to be careful that we don't uh, f- create a f- sense of idolatry about the concept of individual liberties, freedoms, and America as we knew her. Uh, uh, let's not kid ourselves. Patriotic as we all are, we know America ultimately is going down the tubes. We know that. And so this is where we, if anything else, it reminds us, hey, wait a minute. My hope and my focus is on Jesus Christ. That never changes, even if the world around me collapses and America as we knew it ends up basically being a house of cards. Yeah, you know, and I think Pastor Neil did a great job of preaching that gospel. I mean, the fact that, you know, there was a a, a well-known theologian who was talking about the difference between the international church and the American church. And I thought to myself as I was listening, yeah, I'm resonating with all you're saying. I think one of the things that we are lamenting right now is the fact that we did have the framework and we have in place still the framework for a a really God-honoring nation, you know, and and we haven't always gotten it right. If you look back to 1776 and see what the Declaration of Independence was, you know, certain inalienable rights endowed by our creator, by the time we got to the Constitution about 11 years later, we were legalizing slavery. So, I mean, we, we don't always do this right, but we had the blueprint here, and we're watching it kind of slip away, and it's sad to see that go, and yet at the same time we understand that, well, there's something greater. I mean, you know, that, that we're actually working toward. And I wonder if, if this is kind of a Romans eight twenty eight moment where we're looking at God working all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And we're saying, okay, well, the world domination, the takeover, the virus, all this stuff, if it's waking the church up to what the greater reality is and the new heaven and new earth are, are getting that much closer, I'm with Neil, Maranatha, let's bring it. Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let, let's right. let's do this. But at the same time, though, it doesn't, 
put us into bunkers. It doesn't put us into foxholes. I was thinking, Bob, you said, what if there's a a vaccine and whatever uh, card that you have to have and you can't buy and sell and this, that, and the other thing? My first thought kind of cynically was, well, there's always Amazon. You know, we could just order online. (laughs) I mean, I can have my groceries delivered to the house. I can, I mean, I'm blessed. I have a, a vocation where I can work from home. I don't have to see anybody. I mean, if it comes down to it. And we may actually get to the point where we become that vital to where if people are, you know, knocking on doors and trying to track us down, I mean, of course, they know who we are anyway. It's kind of a, a, a fallacy that we've got any sort of level of privacy anymore. But I, it's an exciting time, and it really is one where, yes, the, 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 the winds of change are blowing and they are definitely here. We can either embrace it, we can curl up and hide from it. Um, we're going to have to make a lot of decisions that we never thought we'd have to make in our lifetime. We're all contemporaries. We're all about the same age. So, you know, that was always something that was going to happen to the next generation or the right. next generation. Guys, it's happening now. This is really exciting. I mean, right. it's nauseating and exciting. I think Larry Crabb once put it. <laughs> it's a wonderfully horrible time or a horribly wonderful time uh, to be alive you know it really is i i love it well you know it 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 is an opportunity it's something i've been telling my audience that it's an opportunity for the body of christ to mature to, to grow up a little bit and and to recognize maybe some uh, some places that have become idols in their lives and in their hearts okay that that we need to recognize that it's about him and him first and and really him alone that doesn't mean we don't care about these other things and uh, John will kind of give you a, a final thought on this John, John Rush uh, you're thinking about how in the middle of all of this it does seem to me. Maybe we're a little bit spoiled here in America, contrasted with the rest of the world, the freedoms, the liberties that we've had, but we are seeing them being eroded. Uh, We're seeing ourselves being blended in to the rest of the world and moving down the road of ungodliness. And isn't it time for us as believers to say, hey, wait a minute here. Am I in this world or am I of this world? I think I've been acting like I'm of this world, and it's time to grow up a little bit and set my sights on Jesus Christ and welcome his coming back soon. Yeah, I agree. And I think we've talked about some of these things, uh, honestly, long before COVID, some of the early podcasts we had, we actually talked about some of these very things that we're talking about in, in relation to what you just said, Bob. And the reality is, yes, we, we need to be a body of Christ and believers where people look at us and they see a separation from us and everything else that's going on. And, you know, it is, is the country so far gone that we can no longer do that. And guys, I guess maybe I'm a little more optimistic and I would say, no, I, I don't think it is. There's still a lot of fighting left to be done. There's a lot of things that we can do to, to push back on the things that are, that are happening. And, and, and by the way, it's even happening as we speak right now. There are a lot of businesses that are pushing back against the heavy draconian you know, COVID measures that are coming out from certain states and cities and mm-hmm. counties and so on. So, you know, there are things that are being pushed back against, and you're going to see a pushback on vaccines. And we talk about this commerce end of things, you, even through the, the podcast today. There's going to be a pushback even on that from certain certain uh, you know suppliers and businesses and so on, even if they are dealing with uh, the government. You're going to see some pushback. So I don't think it's just going to be everybody rolling over and saying, yeah, we'll do whatever it takes. I think that's what the socialists and the news media would love to see. But guys, no, the fight isn't done yet. And, and as Christians, we have to continue to fight that battle daily. I realize that we're all looking to that day where we spend eternity with Christ. 
But the reality is I'm not willing to give that up yet. There's too many other people out there that are lost that we need to right. save, and I'm not ready to roll over yet. Look, I'm, I'm with you. I've said it many times that if I'm on the Titanic, I know it's going to sink, but I'm still bailing water and trying to save as many lives as possible, even if we can exactly. slow the sinking. Certainly. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but at the end of the day, our hope is not in the Titanic staying afloat, you know, and, and that's what we recognize as Christians. Very interesting discussion, and uh, you know, we're out of time, but folks, we encourage you. Uh, listen to past episodes of this podcast. You can go to Crawford.live. Uh, you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Uh, we welcome your reviews. We thank those of you that listen and, and certainly have given us nice five-star reviews. Thank you so much for that. Tell your friends about the podcast. And John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line in California. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco out of Detroit. Detroit. Gentlemen, always great catching up with you. Thanks a lot. Look forward to talking with you next week. All right, Bob. You bet. Good stuff. Thank you. Hey, we'll see you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. This has been the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Download and subscribe to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Apple users can rate the podcast, and we'd appreciate your five-star rating. National Crawford Roundtable Podcast returns with a new discussion each week. Be sure to watch for the notification on your podcast app. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting Company production.